appreciate that very, very much. We're going to go to the book of 1 John tonight, 1 John chapter number 1 in your Bible, the book of 1 John in chapter number 1. It always thrills my soul to see a family serving God together such as that. What a great blessing it is. I appreciate the work that went into that very much. 1 John chapter number 1. Let's start our reading there in verse 1, and we'll read down to the end of the chapter, 10 verses, won't take us very long. First John chapter number 1, I think we're all about there, First John chapter number 1, in verse number 1, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. Bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. I want to preach to you a message tonight I have titled, Can You See Where You're Going If You're Walking in the Dark? Let's pray we'll get going. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Bible. We thank You, Lord, that You love us the way that You do, and You want to guide us in the way. We're thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We're thankful, Lord, that we can walk in the light as He is in the light. We're thankful, dear God, that we can have a close relationship, and Father, that You'll guide us all along the way. We pray that You'd take this portion of Scripture tonight and use it, Lord, as a tool in our life to help us to draw closer to You. We pray for Your power, for we can do nothing without You. We acknowledge that. Father, we pray that Your will would be done uh, by the time this message is over, by the time that people respond. We thank You for Your goodness and mercy, and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. Brother Joe, could you turn up the monitors a little bit? I can't, I can't hear myself up here, and I'm going to start yelling if I can't hear myself up here. So, <clears throat> John's purpose in this epistle was to address some issues in the church in his day. 
he saw some people that were stumbling in the dark because of three different things. Uh, number one, they had a wrong view of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, number two, they had a limited understanding of God. And number three, they had a deceived look at their own lives. And so John alerted us or alerts us to the missing ingredient in church life and in most Christians' experience, and that's the joy of true fellowship. Uh, God does want us to have fellowship with Him, but He also wants us to have fellowship with one another. That's part of being a church body. That's part of being uh, having unity in the body of Christ. Uh, and the foundation of this kind of fellowship, it's not an agreement of facts or ideas. It's a person. And the person, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. The one it talks about in verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled uh, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And so we are talking about the incarnate Christ. Uh, there were people that walked with him and talked with him. There were men that dwelt with him for about three and a half years. I, I mean, the one uh, that came to earth, uh, God in the flesh. So who's talking about? Talking about having fellowship with him. Talking about the foundation of that type of fellowship. And the extent of that fellowship is found in verse number 3, where it says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So not only fellowship with one another, but fellowship with God the Father and with Jesus the Son. And I'm sure you notice there it said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Uh, you know, our job as a church is to take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ out to a lost and dying world. And we tell them the truth about that, that, that uh, Jesus came, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a vicarious death, shed His blood for the sin of mankind, was laid in a tomb for three days and three nights, rose from the dead victorious over death and hell in the grave, uh, 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 ascended to the Father, sits at His right hand, and if people will just repent of their sin and trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they can be born again by the Spirit of God. And we do that and we go out and we tell them that with great hopes that they'll come and they'll fellowship with us. No, 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 no. We, we don't stoop down to the world's ways and try to get them to come fellowship with us by offering them the world's ways, okay, we don't try to decorate up the platform like a bar room. We don't need a drum set. We don't need a rock band. We don't need to dress down to come to church. We need to be dressing up to come to church. We don't try to appeal to them with the world's ways. No, 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 no. We go and we preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God only can do the work of converting them. Somebody say amen right there. God only can do the work, and truly if they're saved by the grace of God, they're going to begin to see things the way that God sees things, and they're not going to be looking to the world for their answers anymore. Amen, amen, and amen. That they might have, come, have fellowship, come and have fellowship with us. That they might learn to walk with God. That they might learn to serve God. That they might surrender their lives to God to do what God would have them to do instead of just running on through this life doing whatever they want to do with the label of Christian across their head. I'm telling you, there's way too much of that that goes on. Way too much of that. But the end result of this, of doing it God's way, is joy. It's real joy, found in verse number 4. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. 
So we're talking about a constant joy here, not a variable. It's not based upon circumstances in someone's life. It's based upon a relationship. You listen to me tonight. If, if joy is to be based upon circumstances, then all the circumstances have to be positive or else there's not going to be any joy. No, no, if joy is based on a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then the circumstances will have little or no effect on your joy. The worst of circumstances cannot rob you of all of your joy. No, no, I'm thankful that we can have a relationship with God. However, I am a realist and I know that we have an enemy. Uh, Sin. Sin is an ever-present enemy in our life. Come on, get with me here. Sin is an ever-present enemy in our life, and it's waiting at the door day after day with a desire for our lives. It'd love to take us down. It'd love to pull us away. It'd love to get us going in a direction opposite of what God would have us to go. And John used two different uh, contrasts to illustrate that here. He used light and darkness and saying versus doing. Because our Christian life is to amount to much more than just mere talk. Because if we're living in true fellowship with God, then our walk will back up our talk. And if our walk is inconsistent and contradicts our talk, then we're living a lie. That's what he says. We're going to expound on that a little bit more, but it's true. If, if our walk is inconsistent and it contradicts our talk, then we're living a lie. Our saying and doing must complement the fact that we're walking in the light or else we're lying. Now these principles could be the most important part of God's Word that you've ever heard other than the Gospel. So I don't want you to miss this tonight. Can you see where you're going if you're walking in the dark? So let's think about the truth about who God is. Verse number 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. So God is light. No darkness whatsoever. And since God is light, He overpowers all darkness. Now we know that darkness is simply the absence of light. When light doesn't shine, then darkness exists. Darkness only becomes visible when the light goes off. Isn't that right? Come on, I know it's not deep, but it's absolutely the truth. And I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me here. Darkness only becomes visible when the light is gone. You say, well, preacher, what is light? Well, one... one uh, uh, definition of light I got was this. Light is described as an electromagnetic radiation in a wavelength range, including infrared, visible, ultraviolet, and x-rays traveling in a vacuum with a speed of about 186,281 miles per second. That's what I always thought light was, for sure. Let me give you another definition that's on more on down on my level down here. Light. Something that makes vision possible. Light makes vision possible. Truly, I mean really. Now you think about this. Think about this. Jesus declared Himself to be the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse number 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth Me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So everywhere He went, we know this, everywhere that Jesus went, He brought light. Everywhere he went, he penetrated hearts. Everywhere he went, he exposed sin. Everywhere he went, he revealed truth. Because everywhere he went, he made seeing possible. He removed darkness as he walked through this world. But we have to remember this too. Light reveals dirt. You know, sometimes you don't really realize exactly how dirty you are until you step into the light. 
Um, God's Word shows us the filth in our life, doesn't it? And it warns us of its dangers. And there's a lot of folks that quit coming to church because they don't like what they see in themselves when they get there. There's a lot of folks that won't come to a church such as ours that is a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching church because they do not like what they see in themselves by the preaching of the Word, by the light that has shined on them. Absolutely. No, 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 no. But here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. When they step out of the light into darkness, there's a problem. Well, preacher, okay, what's the problem? In darkness, both evil and good look alike. In darkness. Evil and good look alike. In the light, they can be distinguished. You you know, in total darkness, everything looks alike. I remember years ago, we lived out in New Mexico for a time and had a chance to go to Carlsbad Caverns. I don't know if you've ever been to any of these big, deep caverns. I don't know. I can't remember how far we went underground a long, long way. When we got down to the very bottom of the tour, the tour guy said, now everybody remain completely still, and I'm going to turn off all the lights down here. And he did. And when he turned off all the lights, I can guarantee you, the whole crowd that I was with, everyone looked alike. I mean, you could hold your hand in front of your face. And, oh, well, Brother Marshall, as soon as soon preacher, come on, as soon as your as soon as your eyes adjusted to the light, there was no light. There was none. Total darkness, absolute darkness. It wouldn't have mattered how long we stayed down there; you'd have never been able to see anything whatsoever. And I'm here to tell you tonight that when people call good evil and evil good, it's because they're in darkness. It's because they're not seeing the way that they should see. It's because they are in the darkness. Now, we know this too. Let me just throw this in there. We know this too. In, 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 in real light, I mean, you see everything well. in Good, bright light. If you get away from the light, say in a dark night where there's a big light, and then it, 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 when you get away from that, even in the shadows, you don't see as well, do you? I, I'm telling you, it is very important that we continue to preach and to teach uh, the Word of God, the very Word of God. And that we don't don't vary from that. And we don't get away from that. Because it is what you and I both need. We need that light shining on, on us. We need to realize who we are, where we are. We need to realize the dirt that's in our life. We need these things. And I'm telling you, somebody gets a little bit away from the light. Somebody isn't walking with God. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Somebody isn't walking with God. They're not seeing things the way they should see things. They're in the shadows and there are things that they're not seeing clearly. No, He makes it it very clear here. He makes it clear. But the truth about God is not only that He is light, but in Him is no darkness. No darkness. We know this, darkness cannot exist around God. The Scripture says that God is light. It doesn't say that He is a light, but rather that He is light. So all light comes from Him. And and again, John chapter 8, verse number 12, Jesus said, excuse me, then spake Jesus, the Bible says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of life. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So, so the word darkness there in that verse, I'm sorry, I misquoted that. He, he said, uh, 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 Jesus again said, say it, come on brain. 
Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that falls at me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The word darkness in that verse is from the Greek word skoshia, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correct, but that's the word. And that word is not a common word. I mean, it's not a uh, common word to speak of physical darkness in that verse. Rather, it speaks of the... uh, it speaks. Uh, it refers to the uh, consequences or the result of sin. That word does. So that verse could be understood this way. You stop right there, preacher. Don't you try to correct the Bible. Oh, I'm not trying to correct the Bible. No, 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 no. I wouldn't even try to correct the Bible. We have the perfect inspired Word of God right here in this old King James Version of the Bible. Absolutely. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. But, 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 but I'm telling you, with, with, with light shined upon that Word... That, that verse could be understood. I didn't say it should be redone. I just said it could be understood like this. Jesus, Jesus again, uh, Jesus, mm, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in the consequences of sin. I am the light of the world, and, 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 and I am the light of the world, and he that uh, followeth me shall not walk in the results of sin. I'm telling you, if we'll stay close to the light, we do not have to suffer the consequences of sin. If we'll stay close to the light, we do not have to suffer the results of sin. I'm so very, very thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God saved my soul. And I'm thankful that He opened my understanding about the Word. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of me and that I can understand the Word of God when I read it. I'm thankful that it gives me direction. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit tries to guide me by God's Word, and if I listen to Him, I no longer have to suffer the consequences of sin. I no, have to, no longer have to suffer the results of sin. I, I, no have to, I no longer have to worry, I no longer have to worry about things that I once had to worry about as I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. As I walk in the light as He is in the light, I no longer have to worry about those things. I don't have to worry about the consequences of sin. I mean, it's a wonderful thing that as we walk in the light, no, 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 we all have that sin nature, don't we? We all have that sin nature. But once we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, we do not have to walk in the consequences of sin any longer. No, 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 no. God is perfect light. So the truth about who God is, is that God is light. But think about this. Look at verse number 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, with God, and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. So let's think about the truth about what we are doing. And I really need that. No, 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 no. I, I, I want you to hear what this verse is saying. Because I really do believe that it explains um, why there's so much failure in Christian lives today. <clears throat> so there's a second contrast there's light and darkness. And then they're saying and doing. And if we say that we have fellowship, then our life should be a demonstration of the truth. Isn't that right? I say if we have fellowship with God, our lives should be a, fe- a demonstration of that truth. Uh, I think you would agree with me that the problem in the church with those who say one thing, but their lives show another still exists today, doesn't it? I, I mean, people who claim that they're in fellowship with God but they go on living in spiritual darkness, are not only living in darkness, but their saying does not line up with their doing. 
They don't have any standards, they have any convictions, they have any holiness, no obedience to the commands of God. There's a problem there, isn't there? No, 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 I'm talking about people who say, I have fellowship with God. But it doesn't line up. Come on, many today, many today are saying a lot of different things. Well, preacher, I made this decision. Hallelujah to God. Our Christian life is made up with a series of decisions, isn't it? It's good to come down to an altar and make decisions for God. Absolutely so. And you need to continue to make decisions like that. That's a wonderful thing. Well, preacher, I'm a member of this church. Well, hallelujah. I believe everybody ought to be a member of a good Bible-believing, teaching, preaching, independent, fundamental Baptist church. Absolutely so. Yes, I do. I, absolutely so. And that's a wonderful thing. Well, preacher, I've been given to this cause, and I've given this, and I've given that. Hallelujah, keep on giving. That's a great thing, so the work of God can keep going forward. But let me ask you a question tonight. What about your life? What about your life? What is your life saying to you? Is it all based on saying rather than doing? Can you see where you're going if you're walking in the dark? You know, I love the Apostle John's writing. I mean, it's easy to tell that, that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. The very first book that I read after I got saved was the, the book of John. And man, it's easy to say that, 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 it's easy to see that John loved the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's really interesting to me that John is often thought of as being a, uh, as being the cream puff disciple. You know, the apostle of love. That's John, the apostle of love. Well, Jesus called him a son of thunder. And in his writing right here, I would say that he's being very, very blunt in his writing here. Um, let, me, let me just paraphrase what he said here. Uh, now, wait a minute. You, you say you're right with God, but you're still living in sin? Well, you're a liar. No, that's what he said. I'm not lying to you. It's right there. Wait, wait a minute. You say you're right with God, but you're, you're outwardly still just living in sin? <laughs> you say you have good fellowship with God, but you're living in sin? <laughs> or you're a liar. No, that's what he said. It's exactly what he said. Okay, let me bring it to my let me bring it up here on the platform then. If I say I'm right with God, but I'm living in sin, I'm lying. I'm not right with God. Come on, I'm not talking about just the fact that we're sinners saved by grace and that we make mistakes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody that is living in sin, a known sin. I mean sin that should not be in their life, ways that shouldn't be in their life, language that shouldn't be in their life, thought processes that shouldn't be in their life. Habits that shouldn't be in their life. I mean, they continue to do that and, 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 and make like everything's okay and like they got, they having good fellowship with God. Well, the Bible says, I didn't say it, the Bible says they're lying. Well, good grief, Pastor, just throw a fit about it. I, I'm trying. Well, preacher, you don't understand though. I love God. Come on, preacher, get off my back, will you? Because, you know, it's not like I don't love God. I mean, I, I love God. Don't you see, preacher? Well, you know, for me to say, for, for me to say that I love my wife, and I do, I love my wife dearly. But for me to say that I love my wife is one thing. 
But if I never talk to my wife, or if I spend very little time with my wife, or if I never listen to my wife, and if I'm not willing to sacrifice for my wife, how much would you say that I really love my wife? And there are people that say they love God, but, but, but they, they, never, they never talk to God, or very little. They don't spend very much time with God. They don't listen to God. That's evident by the way they live. They're not willing to sacrifice for God. I mean, how much can you really say, well, yeah, I love God? And I know, no, 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 no. And I understand, I understand, we're all just trying to live for God. I understand that, right? Come on, somebody say amen. I haven't shut you down completely yet, have I? I understand. You know, a baby is born. What a wonderful thing. A baby is born, and eventually as they begin to grow, among other things, they, they begin to learn how to walk. I uh, was standing... Out in, the, out in the lobby of the foyer after service this morning, and here comes little Elijah. Of course, mom holding on to him, Miss Sarah holding on to him, come walking along the way. He can't do it by himself yet, but he's really giving it a good try. He's really, really giving it a good try. Trying, And here he comes, walking along the way. But walking has an enemy. It's called Gravity. And at that age, it uh, continues to pull them down, doesn't it? It makes them hard. They want to get up and go, but that enemy they have, that gravity, it causes stumbling, it causes falling. But we as believers, we also have to learn how to walk in the light. But we have an enemy also. It's called sin. And if we're not careful, sin is constantly pulling us down, causing us to stumble, causing us to fall. But I want you to understand something about sin tonight, okay? Sin is not merely, it's not just simply outer disobedience. Sin is inner rebellion. It's a refusal to submit to the law of God. It's a refusal to do what God would have you to do. I mean, the essence of sin is a desire for, really for personal independence from God's demands upon our lives. Now I want you to listen to me. No, 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 listen to me. This could be the answer to some of your problems. You know that God would have you do this or that or quit this and that, but you have just decided you're not going to. You've gone far enough. I've made sacrifices. God loves me. I love God. You've got all that down. But I am telling you, Inner rebellion when we decide we're going to do what we want to do instead of what God would have us to do. And it's sin. In the eyes of God. It's sin. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He wants us to walk in the light. We're chosen people. I mean, he, he has set us apart to do His work. He has set us apart so that we can tell people about the light of the world. He has set us apart that we might live a life that is pleasing and honoring to Him and that we might show people that God is alive and that Jesus Christ did come and He did pay our sin debt and He can change, change your life. 
People continue to stumble in the dark. Let me, let me give you six ways real quickly that people, six ways that we stumble in the dark. Number one, people stop coming to church. Try to avoid the light. Well, I can make it without church. No, you can't. Well, I'll go ahead and say it again. No, you can't. No, 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 no. We need church. We need one another. We need preaching. We need to be told we're sinners. We need to be told that we're not doing things the way that God would have us to do. We need this. You and I, both of us, all of us. We need this. People stop coming to church, think that they're going to be just fine. Think that they're going to do okay. Well, preacher, it's not like I have to be there. I can go out in the woods and sit in my deer stand and I can worship God out there. But you won't, will you? No, you'd be too busy looking for the deer. We need church. Okay, number two, failure to read the Scriptures. People stumble in the dark, walk in the dark when they fail to read the Scriptures. They want to remove the truth that contradicts their darkness. I remember years ago, I was talking to, to Emily. I was talking to Emily when she was a young teenager. And, 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 and uh, uh, she was having some problems. And I said, uh, what in the world's going on? And finally, after a series of conversation, or a little bit of conversation, she said, well, Dad, I I'm, I'm just haven't been reading my Bible. And I said, how come you haven't been reading your Bible? And here's what she said. Well, I don't like what I see when I read it. Come on, because that word's like a mirror, isn't it? And it shows us where we are. And it tells us where we are. And it tries to guide us along the way. People quit reading their Bible and they continue to stumble in the dark because they fail to read the Scriptures. Number three, don't, part, don't, don't participate in the services. People stumble in the dark because they come to church, but then they won't participate in the services. You know, it's a really amazing thing to stand up here and watch while others are truly singing out, I mean, putting their heart into it, and then some are just thinking about other things. You can tell they're off someplace else. They're not really here. Oh, their body is here, but their mind is here. Their heart is not here. Some sit in services and sleep. I don't understand how they can do that as much as I holler, but some sit in services and sleep. And they seem to never hear one thing that's said in the church service. I'm telling you, we come here because we want to meet with God. We want God to meet with us. We want to get what He has for us so that we can be a better people for Him. Sure. Man, I'm telling you, look, if you would get to a place where you really participate in the service, where you'd sing out during the song service, I mean, where you'd get involved in the preaching and keep track of what's going on, where you would receive what God has for you, you'd quit stumbling in the dark. Okay, number four. And it's a big one. People avoid self-examination. If we're going to live the life that God would have us to live, then on a pretty regular basis, we have to do self-examination. No, I mean, according to God's Word. This is big. People want to avoid those, those hard, penetrating questions that might confront them. They, they want to shun all recognition of what is right and holy. Uh, they, don't, they, don't want to think about, they don't want to think about questions like, what about your life? What is your life showing? They don't want to think about that. People today would rather just lie to themselves about their spiritual condition. 
keep telling themselves they're doing okay. I'm doing just fine. I'm okay, preacher. I don't need all that stuff. And I don't need church every time the doors are open. And I read my devotional and I'm doing okay. My walk with God is fine. No, no, no. They, they just, they'd rather just lie about their spiritual condition instead of letting God confront them so they'd quit stumbling in the dark. Okay, number five. Ways we stumble in the dark. Compare yourself with others. Compare yourself with others. I mean, pick some of the weakest people in the church and compare yourself to them. Well, I'm doing better than they are. Or, or better yet, use their walk in the dark, those weak people, use their walk in the dark for your reason not to serve God. Well, I'm telling you, if they're not going to... No, 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 hold on, stop right there. Why don't you go ahead and compare yourself to the Savior? He's the measuring stick. He is the one we're trying to conform to the image. That God, we're, we're trying to allow God to conform us to His image. Compare yourself to Him. Come on, we, we all fall short of the glory of God. All of us. And it's very, very dangerous to get your eye specifically on any person because people will let you down. But the Lord will never let you down. Ways we stumble in the dark. Avoid self-examination. Oh, I'm sorry, compare yourself to others. Number six, and this is huge one. This is huge. Huge. Never admit your struggles. Never admit your struggles. Just put your Christian mask on and pretend that you're doing okay. Come to church with all the right things to say, you know. Hello, brother. Hello, sister. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Everything's just so great. Everything's, everything's just, just fine. Everything's good. Never seek counsel from a pastor or from a good Sunday school teacher. Just act like everything's okay. Just go ahead and act like everything's okay until your whole life falls apart. I'm thankful for our church. Talking about the people. I'm thankful that we can have good Christian friends that we can go to and ask them to pray with us about different things. No, no, no. I'm thankful that there are people that we can talk to and say, man, I'm struggling. No matter what it might be. I'm, I'm struggling with my Bible reading. I'm struggling with my prayer life. I'm, I'm struggling. Whatever the case may be, that we can... That, no, 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 no. That, no, I'm telling you, it's a good thing to have some good Christian friend that you can talk to about things in your life and quit acting like that everything is just fine, rosy, everything's just as good as it can be. Know that every once in a while you might just have to say, man, oh man, I am having a hard time. People stumble around in the dark because they won't admit their struggles. We've gotten real good at acting like we're doing just fine when that's Truly really not the case at all. I mean, what is your condition? Can you, really, can you really see where you're going if you're walking in the dark? If you stepped away from the light? If you're not walking in the light as He is in the light? And the Apostle John states there's only two options. We're either walking in the light, uh, walking in the light 
you know, like a little child learns to take those physical steps uh, day by day, then we learn, the same way we learn how to apply spiritual truths to our life, which will keep us on track. Or else you're groping in darkness, stumbling around, falling over the smallest obstacles in your way because you choose not to walk in the light. You don't want to do that. And you and I, if we're going to try to live a life of holiness, it's going to take time and it's going to take practice. We have to work at it. It doesn't come natural. We have to learn to put one foot in front of the other in our spiritual walk. But let's think about this. Look at verse number 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So here's the truth about what Christ can do. To walk with Jesus, this is real deep, to walk with Jesus, we have to be in His territory. We have to walk where He walks. Walking in the light. When we're walking with Jesus in the light, when we're walking with Jesus in the light, it is then that true fellowship is possible with one another. Don't miss this. When when we are walking with Jesus in the light, it is then that true fellowship is possible with one another. When two church members are not getting along, one of them's walking in darkness. Come on, there's only one Holy Spirit. He abides in all of us that are saved by God's grace. He doesn't lead one person in one way and another person another way. No, no, no. He, he does not put people at odds. L- look, we may live differently but we won't live differently according to this. We're all going to be of one mind. And that's the mind of Christ. And, and we're going to do what He would have us to do as far as our uh, relationships with one another. And if there's two people, two members of a church that are not getting along, then one of them's walking in darkness because walking in the light brings fellowship one with another. Come on, it says it right there. Either we believe the Scriptures or we don't. Look, we can exist. We can just simply exist as people would down at the coffee shop or, or have the, as they do at work. I mean, just acquaintances with, with, you know, just interest here and there. Or or we can know true godly fellowship as we walk together in Jesus. I'm thankful that I have good godly friends. I'm thankful that I know people that believe this book the way you should believe this book. And to walk in the light is a life, um, it's to live a life illumined by the truth 
in constant contact with God, please get this, with no tolerance for darkness. We're not going to put up with the darkness. If we accept a little bit of it, it's not long before there's a lot of it. No tolerance for darkness. One Bible commentator said that this verse gave him some real confusion because in his mind it meant to walk according to the light. Brother Mike touched on this in Sunday school this morning. Very good lesson. Looking forward to part two next Sunday, Brother Mike. It meant to walk according to the light. And and he said he wore himself out trying to obey every command until he realized it says to walk in the light, not according to the light. If I'm walking in the light, here's, here's the whole case right here. If I'm walking in the light, really walking in the light, I know the real nature of sin in me. Come on, I'm going to quit lying to myself if I'm walking in the light. Come on, you can't walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and live in sin. It's, it's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. No, 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 to have that close fellowship with Him. I'm talking about close fellowship, walking with Him every day. With, with, with some major sin in your life, oh no, no, it don't work out. No, the devil will lie to you and say that you can, but the devil is a liar. And he'll try to make you believe that you can go ahead and live with your horrible attitude and your horrible lifestyle and that sin that's in your life and still have a good relationship with God and he's lying. Come on, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the fellowship that we can have with God. The relationship's never going to change once we are, are, are born of the Spirit of God. I mean, we cannot get out of that. Once saved, we are saved for eternity, but our fellowship with God can sure be hindered, can't it? It's where we walk, not how. We can look just right and not be right with God. Where we are walking, get this, where we are walking will show up by how we are walking. I have a hard time believing that someone is really walking close to the Lord, has a good walk with God, when their countenance says completely different. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you know, people that look like this. It's look like they're mad all the time. No, you have to understand, this is the only face I got, so I pass on that. You know, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. How you can tell when negative things are being said about you by the people they've been said to and the way they treat you, and the way they look at you. It, it, it's an amazing thing over the years how, how I, I have been able to tell, Brother John, when people are talking about the preacher around their kids in a negative way, and how the kids tend to, tend to look at you 
when they're around? Oh yeah, absolutely so. And you cannot tell me that somebody that gets that type of spirit and attitude is walking in the light the way they should be walking in the light. And it's hurtful, isn't it? No, it's hurtful to everybody. It's hurtful to the parents, it's hurtful to the children, it's hurtful to the church, it's hurtful for everybody. Yep, we just fool ourselves, or try to. If we're going to walk in the light, it means to walk daily in the presence of God. And to allow His Word to shine on us. And, and His power to strengthen us. We have to be walking with Him and not in the devil's territory. Because that will completely change our countenance, won't it? Sure it will. Light reveals dirt. To walk with Jesus, it has to be on His terms. It says there in verse number 7, again, if we say that we have, I'm sorry, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Cleansing. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The phrase there contains the Greek word um, karthesis, catharsis. And that's the word we get, our English word, carthagenic. That's just a fancy word for cleaning agent. A cleaning agent. And it, ha- it holds the idea of being purified by fire. Or to cleanse by purging. Uh, it holds the idea of being free from corruption or, or unstained by guilt. But it's also a word that means a continuous cleansing. It's talking about a constant activity in our life. Well, we have verse 9. Well, yeah, I mean, we know verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the word forgiveness in verse 9 is from a word which is less thorough. I want you to get this. And it carries the idea of a one-time removal. You know, like when we come to the altar and we confess our sin, repenting of those things. Come on, how God cleanses us from sin at that time. But then we have to make another trip to the altar, don't we? And another one. And then another one. No, no, no. So, so the word, is, the word is, is less thorough and it carries that idea of a one-time removal while this cleansing that is talking about verse number 7 is a constant activity. And, and it is also in the present tense. What does that mean? Well, it means the blood of Jesus Christ keeps cleansing as we walk in the light. As we are walking with Him. It's a continual cleansing. As we're walking with Him. We're walking close to His side. Come on, we want to be close, right? Come on, if I, guys, I'm telling you, if, if Jesus was here and I could walk with Him today, I would be one of what, I would want to be one of those that's right by His side all the time. I want to be close to Him. I want to hear every little word He's saying. Anything He says, I want to hear about it. I want to be that close to Him. Absolutely. And man, I'm telling you, in this life, if we're walking with Him like that each day, we're that close to Him. We're listening to Him. 
Come on, y'all still following me? We're listening to Him. We're letting Him direct our path. We're letting Him lead the way. That continual cleansing, I mean, it's there. But we get away from Him out in the dark. And it doesn't have to be that far away. And we're walking our own path. And we're doing our own thing. And we're coming up with our own ideas instead of the ideas that God has. The direction that God has. We're not going to experience it the way he's talking about in verse number 7. It's not good enough that we just walk with God in the church house and there are people that come to the church house and don't walk with God. But it's not good enough that we just come to the church house and walk with God. We need to be walking with Him all the time. In church, out of church, at work, at school, everywhere. Walking in the light as He is in the light. And and again, forgiveness deals with our position. With our position. While cleansing deals with our fellowship. Uh, once saved, we, we never lose our salvation. But without that cleansing, we can lose fellowship. Fellowship. Which brings me to the last point. And that's the truth about what Christ wants from us. What He wants from us as believers. Verse number 7 again says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood, of, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse number 8 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so He wants us to walk in the light, that is, with Him. If we are walking with Him, if we are really walking with Him, guys, get this, we will not be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Again, if Jesus was here on this earth and we could walk with Him and we were walking close to Him, we're not going to be dabbling in sin. Now, if we're walking right beside Him, oh no, no, we're going to be doing our best to walk straight, to stay on the path, to do the right things. Stay close. Yeah. He wants us to be clean spiritually. Spiritually. This continual cleansing it talks about in verse number 7. He wants us to be clean. That's what He wants. That's His desire for us. Stay with me. Stay with me. A few more minutes. Somebody might say, well, preacher, you know, so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so, man, they continually seem to have problems. You know, I mean, they're, they're off and they're, they're dabbling in this and they're dabbling in that and you know, but preacher, I mean, they just keep on coming to church like nothing's wrong whatsoever. Well, it could be that they're that they that they keep coming to church um, under the cleansing blood, trying to get victory, trying to walk in the steps of the Savior. Come on, this isn't a sanctuary for the saints; it's a hospital for sinners. 
This is where we come to get better. We all fall short of the glory of God. And it could just be that they just keep on coming, keep on coming, trying to stay close to the Lord where they will finally one day get victory. Come on, if we get in the habit of looking down our nose at sinners, we're in bad, bad trouble. We're supposed to be helping them along the way. Guiding them along the way. Befriending them along the way. Helping them to walk in the light. I've, I've seen cases like that in my life. In fact, I've seen that in my own life. Where I just keep coming to church. I just kept coming to church. Man alive, I failed God and went back to church. Failed God, went back to church. Failed God, went back to church. Failed God, went back to church. No, 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 no. And if we are really seeking for that victory, one day God gives it. We just continue to seek for it. But I can tell you this, I've never seen anybody drop out of church than go on to live a victorious Christian life. No matter what they say. Well, I'm just as spiritual as so-and-so. I'm telling you, I hate that kind of thought mentality. They try to make excuses because they don't want to be in church. They, they don't want to be a part of that. I mean, we'll find some place and everything's fine. You don't have to go to church all the time and all this stuff. I get so tired of hearing stuff like that because I've never seen anybody get to that place where, where they, they, they get away from church and then they live victoriously in Christ. I've seen just the opposite. Over and over and over. And it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. I'm telling you, no, 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 no. They think they're doing just fine. Well, I love God. I love God just as much as you do, preacher. I love God. If we continue walking as verse number 7 encourages us to do, we will become more mature in our Christianity. We will grow in the faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God wants us to be honest. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He wants us to be honest. He wants us to be honest about our walk with God. He wants us to be honest about our sin. He wants us to be honest with each other. Can you see where you're going if you're walking in the dark? Let me just go ahead and answer that. No. You can't. And sometimes we think that we're doing okay when we're not doing okay. And we need to check ourselves. Not by how some other Christian is, but by what this says. Are you walking in the light? Do you have real fellowship? I mean, real fellowship with Jesus and with others in your church family? Are you just fooling yourself? I mean, with your own deceptive words and continuing day after day, week after week, month after month, to live in your sin when Jesus waits to cleanse you and set you free. We sing it here every once in a while. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You know, it might just be that you need to step out of darkness, out of the darkness into the light. Well, fine, preacher, just yell at us about all these things and just act like it's okay. Why? Just give me one good reason. I can't just live my life the way I want to. Why, just why are you trying to push this stuff on us? Verse number four. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. As a pastor, I'm supposed to be a helper of your joy. That's what I want to do. But we can't have this real fulfilling, long-lasting joy that God offers while we're just living any way we want to live. It doesn't work that way. And I'm here to tell you, I'm done, but I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of believers, and I believe that they are believers, there's a lot of believers that have fooled themselves into believing they're doing okay. And they're going through the motions of a Christian. All those things. But they don't really have joy like God wants them to have. It's very evident by their life. By watching them. By looking at them. They don't have, no, no, they don't have this joy of the Lord that God wants them to have. Because they fool themselves into thinking that they can do what they're doing and have a good, close fellowship with God too. It doesn't pay off. And I'm, I'm, I'm really afraid that there's so many that are missing out on what God wants them to have because of that very thing. I'm telling you, this ought to be a joy-filled place every time we get together. It ought to be a joy-filled place. Because we're walking in the light as He is in the light. As He is in the light. Well, fine, preacher, aren't you going to talk about verse 9? Well, I love verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love verse 9. I'm thankful. About got it wore out, I think, Brother Terry. About got that verse wore out, personally. I do. Yeah. But here's the thing about that. It's not that we just come down and we confess, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I'm wicked, and I've been doing these things. And I'm, I'm not going to quit, Lord, but I want to confess them so I can you know, feel good about myself when I leave this place. Now, I don't have any real desire for You to change me at all, Lord. I don't want to change, but you know, I'm going to confess these things. It says that You'll forgive me if I confess these things. So I'm going to confess these things so I can feel pretty good about myself when I walk out of this place. No. No, no, you're missing out on that verse, what that verse really means. I'm telling you, there has to be heartfelt repentance. No, no, there has to be brokenness. That contrite spirit. Come on, there has to be that humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There has to be that humility. Lord, you're right and I'm wrong, and I'm ready to change. Oh yeah, I'm thankful for the forgiveness that God gives. And sometimes we have to go back to that time and time again, don't we? Absolutely. No, no, I'm not acting like anybody's perfect in here. 
But I'm telling you, the more we come the way that we should, the more victory God gives us in our life. And the more joy we will have. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We get that joy, it helps us live the life that God wants us to live, no matter what anybody else is doing. Can you see where you're going if you're walking in the dark? No. No. And it really doesn't matter if you're just one step off the path, if you're one step away from the light. When you get into the shadows, things don't look the way they should. If we're not careful, we begin to fool ourselves and thinking that we're doing okay. Yeah. Oh boy. My heart's desire is all of us would have victory. All of us. And all of us would have the joy of the Lord. Let's stand. Would you stand with me? Thanks for being so patient tonight. You have been. I appreciate it very, very, very much. I don't know how God may have spoken to your heart. That's between you and Him at this point. Just let God have His way. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for the Bible. Thank You, Lord, that we can walk in the light. Thank You, Lord, that we can have that constant cleansing as we follow You, as we listen, as we let You guide our way. Help us tonight, dear God, from the biggest sin to the smallest sin and anything in between. Shine the light bright on it. Help us to be honest with ourselves and one another. Help us to not act like we have no sin. It says there in Your Word that if we act like that, that we're just deceiving ourselves, making You a liar. Father, help us tonight to walk out of this place a little bit better than we were when we walked in. Guide and direct. Might Your perfect will be done. We pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Piano's going to play. Folks are already at the altar. You need to come. Why don't you come? Why wait? Why hesitate? Why not just go ahead and do whatever God would have you to do? I mean, just step out. You knew you needed to before it was all said and done. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Just yield to God. Yield to God. To Him. He's the one that can help you. He's the one that can guide you. He's the one that can give victory. He's the one that can give joy. Our God. And that's what He wants. For all of us. Let Him have His way. Plenty of room at the altar. Maybe make an altar where you are. But just let God have His way. Brother Dan's going to sing. So he sings. Would you come? Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see.